Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. Hope you're all doing well today. I am Sandy Weiner, and I am a dating and love coach at LastFirstDate.com. I want to welcome you to Last First Date Radio. We are a featured show about attracting and sustaining healthy relationships, especially after 40. Every week I bring you in-depth interviews with top experts and cutting-edge authors in the field of dating and relationships. And today I'm going to be speaking with life coach and counselor Judy Lair about how to recognize and address triggers in relationships. As a dating coach, I help women over 40 become more confident so they can finally have the healthy, lasting, loving relationship that they yearn for. I have watched so many women settle for the wrong men, um, allow men to take advantage, to um, treat them terribly, and that's why it is my mission to help women value themselves, to become women of value. And to do that by letting go of the past, by releasing some unconscious behaviors that sabotage their relationships, and by trusting their intuition so that they can comfortably be vulnerable, open up their hearts, and create deeper, more meaningful connections. I really want women to understand men and to amp up their femininity and communicate everything that they need and want A woman who can do all this is like uh, candy (laughs) to a man, well, a man who likes candy. Um, But it is is so amazing to a man to have a woman who takes responsibility for herself and isn't afraid to be a woman and to be strong at the same time. Every week I bring you a tip on how to be a woman of value, and this week's tip is to love yourself first. If you want somebody to love you, you must honor, respect, and love yourself first. And I like to use the analogy of imagine that you're trying to sell a product and you don't really believe in it. Would you go to somebody and say, hey, I'm selling this face cream and it's supposed to make you look 10 years younger, but it doesn't really work, but please buy it anyway. Well, that's what it's like when you expect somebody to fall in love with you if you don't love yourself first. So it may sound simple, it may sound trite, but it is so crucial and important to really take care of yourself, to practice self-care, to love yourself and know that you have value. If you do want to become a woman of value who attracts her best partner, please head over to lastfirstdate.com to my website and sign up for my brand new free guide, The Top 10 Reasons Why Men Pull Away or Disappear and How You Can Finally Attract and Keep the Love You Deserve. Please stop sabotaging your love life and start taking back your control by being a true woman of value. Our guest today is Judy Lair. She is a clinical counselor and a certified life coach, and she has a successful 14-year private practice as a licensed professional clinical counselor in Ohio. She absolutely loves helping people understand relationships and have successful relationships. 
Welcome to the show, Judy. Hi, Sandy. Good to be here. So happy to have you. You have a great voice, by the way. You're very upbeat. (laughs) Um, Yeah, sometimes I get people on the show and I'm like hoping that they'll have some good energy because it always helps to to bring energy to the show. So we're starting out on a good foot. Um, So let's, let's talk about triggers and um, how to recognize and address triggers. So um, the first question I have for you is uh, one that I have dealt with in relationships, and it's how do you know if a concern that you have with your partner is due to a past trigger or a present issue? I love that you brought that up because that's exactly the difference that you want to figure out. Is it something that was from the past that they've worked through that you might see a little bit of an evidence about it right now, or is it a current problem that you really want to look at as a red flag in the present? So that's why it's important. And the questions that you ask the person to find out which one it is is really valuable. So if you know the questions to ask, that when you see, oh, no, is there something going on that's a trigger or is it a red flag and I need to back up, asking questions about how that person has dealt with that trigger is one of the ways that you differentiate between the two. Mm. So can you give us an example of a trigger that you might want to get some more information about? Sure. So if you hear somebody saying, oh, I don't want to get hurt again, so you're, you're talking with them and you're talking about where to you know, move your relationship or just even if you're in casual conversation and they say, oh, I just don't want to get hurt again, that's a statement that could put a trigger in there. Is it something from the past or is it something that they are absolutely going to put walls up, they're going to shut down emotionally, they won't commit? How do you know? So a good question to ask is, what have you learned from your past hurtful relationships? What have you learned? Mm -hmm. Great question, because the answer that they give you is going to tell you, is it something that's still in the present? If they give you a negative answer, if they give you an answer that that puts down their past uh, relationship, then that's telling you it's definitely something that's still in the present. If they actually say, well, this is what I learned about when I get hurt. This was how I dealt with it. This is how I processed through it. This is how I've moved on. Then that's something where they can say, well, I don't really want to get hurt again, but I know how to handle it and I'm willing to take the risk. Mm, That's a really good example. And I have actually asked that on dates. Um, What have they learned from their divorce? Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're like a deer in the headlights going uh uh nothing i don't know yep um and it doesn't doesn't start out with a trigger statement it's just i'm always curious because i i think you can learn so much from their answer and i want to know that somebody's done the work and is um is not still holding on to anger and blame because that really paints them as a victim exactly i completely agree the big Um, answer that I want to hear from someone is that they actually went through a process. So oftentimes you'll either get that deer in the headlights 
um, kind of thing where they they really haven't done any work um, because they just, you know, got out of a relationship and moved on um, without doing any work to look at what happened, what do I learn about me, you know, what do I learn about moving forward, or, you know, what they've done in terms of that is to just villainize you know, the the other person that they were in the relationship with rather than looking at themselves and understanding what their part in it was. So asking mm-hmm. that kind of question that, that you've asked in the past is, is perfect. What have you learned from your past relationships? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's such an important question, and, and hopefully you're able to answer it with ease. And one of the services that I provide with my clients with is to help them really capture the answers to these hard questions because they're going to be asked um, this question and why why didn't you ever get married and why are you still single and how's online dating going for you? Like all these questions that can make mm-hmm. people defensive. Um, you know, sit down and prepare your answer. Think about it beforehand because you're going to be asked these questions and certainly if you're asking them, you should be ready to answer them as well. Um, so this is all about the partner or the, the potential partner, um, you're on a date and you're asking these questions. And before I get to the next question, I want to say that when I first started dating after a 23-year marriage ended, I still had work to do. And I remember even I waited two years before dating, but I would attract a lot of men who dumped all their baggage on me um, mm. because I still had work to do. <laughs> so, yes, that's true. Um, so I would stay on the phone with a man who was bashing his ex-wife for an hour, two hours. You know, she wow. wiped me out financially because, like, I, I was curious about people and I wanted to hear their story, but I didn't know how to just stop them and and redirect the conversation or just to say it sounds like you're still carrying a lot of pain and we seem to be in very different places. Um, like how would you address that kind of thing what, if somebody was going on and on? What would you say? I think that that dating is about learning about yourself first and learning about how you experience other people. So as you're on the phone listening to somebody else, figure out where, where that line in the sand is about where it's like healthy, where you feel like you're connecting with the other person in a healthy way that they're sharing or they're dumping. I like you using that term, the dumping part of it, because that is somebody using you, and that's a red flag. You want to see the red flag. Are they using you to dump um, on you without doing it a, a sharing thing where they're understanding that that has an impact on you. So I, I was divorced in 1999. And so as I move forward um, through the years in terms of looking at dating, what I do is I, I wanted to figure out where that line in the sand was for me. So I would know when it felt heavy, like I'm getting dumped on, you know, and they're not asking questions about me. It's not a conversation back and forth. And figuring out how to say, well, excuse me, I think, you know, we're we're done now or I have something on the stove, you know, that I need <laughs> to, to go and, and move. When I, I see that that line has been crossed and I'm trying to see if they, they're recognizing that and they don't, then I need to put a stop at that point because that would tell me that this this is not a good relationship for me if this person already at the very beginning is dumping on me. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I agree. And so many women are afraid to be rude. Um, you know, they think it's unkind to say right. things like that. But it's so it's important to learn how to set a clear boundary without being mean, but just by saying, you know, it doesn't doesn't feel like we're a good match. Um, I wish you well. You don't have to go into a whole explanation about why you seem like a jerk. Um, you know, Correct. boy, you're you a know. selfish bastard, right? You wouldn't you wouldn't say something like that. Um, no, and if you look at dating as it's a learning experience about you at the beginning, mm-hmm. how are you um, experiencing this other person? Are you experiencing them where it's opening you up and you're excited to to share more because they're sharing and it's opening you up? Or, you know, is it getting heavier and it feels, you know, locked in? Then your ability to say, I'm experiencing this as not a good uh, conversation, not as a good match, not as a good fit, and I just want to be up front with that. Yeah, and how refreshing to be up front when most people are not. <laughs> so, yes. um, yeah, I just uh, spoke to a new guy today who said, I'm just going to be honest with you, I don't have a car. Um, I said, okay. He goes, well, some women find that to be a deal breaker. I said, oh, there there are much bigger deal breakers for me than not having a car, trust me. Um, but I like that he was just like putting it out there saying, hey, some women have found this to be a problem. So if you do, I'm letting you know right now. Um, and Very that's as simple, yeah. right? Just lay it out there. Um, okay, so this is about like someone else's baggage. And now what about your own Um you know, there's yours, mine, and ours. So what about your own baggage? How do you identify that? By asking yourself some of these same questions. So I, I think that there's a couple good questions to ask yourself, such as what you were saying, that you prepare your clients um, to be able to um, ask those questions of someone else and answer it themselves. So good questions to ask yourself is, how do you handle disappointments and failures? in whatever way that somebody might define failures. But how do I handle disappointments? How do I handle maybe what I perceive as failures in my life? How did I handle it? How have I learned and grown and moved past that? So it's critiquing things like self-limiting statements, oh, I guess I can never do that again, or that won't ever happen for me, those types of very self-limiting statements. When you ask these questions of yourself, you're looking for these self-limiting statements or distortions, very black and white thinking that that narrows down your ability to see what options are available to you and how you can move forward. So when you ask yourself these questions, then you can see your own limitations and critique those, process what you need to process, and open things back up it then allows you to ask those questions of somebody else and recognize when they give you a healthy or unhealthy answer. Mm. Yeah, that's so important to just take responsibility for your own way of processing if you're looking at somebody else's way of processing, right? Yes. Yes, so Um, the ability to say, I want to process through mine... I want to bring a healthy person into the the next relationship. I want to be that healthy person 
So I want to ask these questions of myself. Do I have my own triggers? Do I have my own things that, that limit me in, in looking at the potential of a new relationship in a very healthy way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's important. And also to, I think, identify if you have a strong need that wasn't met in past relationships, to also be aware of that and um, and not have somebody dismiss you for it. So there's a distinction between a trigger and a true need that is a must-have. Um, Absolutely. So can you address, so how do you distinguish between um, a past trigger and a true need? A true need is what you've learned about yourself when you critique and, and reevaluate what went on in a past relationship. You're looking to say, what am I learning about me? And one of those questions is, what am I learning about my own needs? So you're looking to see, do I need someone that is like in my life every day, that's texting or, or contacting me every day to check in and, and see how I'm doing? That's a need that I may have. Other people, personality-wise or just the, the, the way that they approach relationships is, you know, no, we'll schedule something once a week or twice a week. I'll wait till I, I see you then. That feels really good. So when you ask these self, uh, yourself these questions, you're learning about you and the needs that you have. The trigger part is when it feels like those needs did not get met and you're still hanging on to them without really understanding that you can empower yourself to know what those are for you and then just look for them and be direct in looking for them in the next relationship. Mm. Yeah, and I think that uh, that's a good way to distinguish. And I also I see that when somebody gets really defensive or contemptful, um, those are – to me, that feels like they're still hanging on to stuff that they haven't processed. So they're they're taking it out on you instead of looking within. Yes, I'm also looking for these fatalistic comments, self-defeating, you know, fatalistic comments that say, oh, bad things are always going to happen to me or nothing ever mm-hmm. goes right for me. Whether I say that myself or the other person is saying that, looking for those kind of, of um, fatalistic kind of comments self-defeating beliefs, you know, I can't really do this, I'm not good at this, those kind of things Mm -hmm. are telling you that that there may be some needs within there, but the person has not yet processed enough and and empowered themselves to say, I have certain needs and that's okay. Yeah, and I see that a lot with people who come to see me, and I'm sure you do too, that they often have given up hope um, of having a healthy relationship, yeah. they think it's not possible for them. Um, I recently had a client who was basically saying, deep down in my heart, I don't feel it's possible for me. And um, and you know, I always help them look for evidence um, that's contrary and evidence in their life. Like one was, you know, I'm going to be alone for the holidays, and then as soon as we got off our coaching call, she had two invitations um, to do things around the holidays. So. You know, I don't have any good friends. Hey, what about those people who just called you and reached out to you and wanted you to spend the night and and included you in their family gatherings? And, you know, so it's when you get into that really bad space, it's really hard to see the good. Um, You just focused on what's wrong. And so it's it's important to have the skills to be able to pull yourself out of that, that rut that you feel that you're in. Yeah, I agree. And I love the tip that you gave today about loving yourself first 
And that actually Mm. is the key in terms of when you love yourself first and you look for ways to know yourself, know what needs you have, how to meet those needs, both yourself and, and having other resources, other people, you know, to meet those needs. That's how you get out of that fatalistic, you know, nothing good is ever going to happen to me and such, it, and narrow where o- it only will be met within a romantic relationship, um, the mm-hmm. narrowing of that. So when you love yourself well, when you love yourself first, that really expands your viewpoint. Yeah, it's really true. And then you realize, I am a person of value, like I don't want to be treated this way. Um, And it helps you to process every date that doesn't work out, every time somebody doesn't call you when they say they will. It's more of a, um, you can tell yourself, hey, I don't want to be around somebody whose words and actions don't match. That doesn't work for me. Um, instead of saying, what's wrong with me? Why didn't they call? I must not be pretty enough, young enough, skinny enough, you know, whatever enough. Um, so so people who want to really heal and move forward from their past baggage. Um, so loving yourself first is one one important part of that. What else can they do to move forward? I think that it's the law of attraction. So you attract the type of people, the type of relationships that you want around you, you attract them. So in addition to the loving yourself first, you also look at the, the type of, of life and the, that you want to live, and then you attract those type of people. So you go you know, to groups or you find um, people that are interested in a certain topic that you enjoy and that attraction of I'm passionate about this cause or I really enjoy art and, and I'm going to art things, things like that, you, you attract the type of people that you are. So if you're trying to live out something that's not really you, um, you're, mm-hmm. you're doing out of other reasons, you know, oh, I think I'll maybe find somebody here so I'll go to this place or my friend wants me to do this. That's not really me and out of my comfort zone. It, uh, our ability to attract that vibe may be decreased because it's not really who we are and we can open up in the areas that we are. So that's one way to attract folks. Yeah, so many people meet people who they connect with when they're doing things that they love. And exactly. Yeah, so it's it's important. And I, I always tell people, my clients who I work with, that they shouldn't just be online dating. They should also be out doing volunteer work and being involved in activities with people who are engaged similarly because then you're going to meet like-minded people. Um, and don't try to be something that you're not. I agree. Um, good advice. So... Um, if if you – I had a situation at the beginning of a relationship where it was obviously his old baggage that was coming up. And um, years ago, I could never have approached him in a, in a way that was effective, but I knew immediately that was his stuff. And uh, he started texting about it. I mean, he actually started to pull away. Um, he was He wanted me to stay overnight on a weekend. I couldn't because of work told him I'd get together with him anyway, but I couldn't stay the night because I'd lose sleep and I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with him. It had to do with taking care of my needs. And he got insulted and stopped talking to me for an entire morning, which was unusual. And so I wrote to him a very sweet text and 
said I missed his morning texts, and he said oh, I was a little disappointed last night by your answer, um, but I'm okay now or something. And then he started talking about it in a text, and I said, no, let's get on the phone and talk later today. This is not a conversation to have by text. So I took control of that, and then I had already processed it. I knew, I knew how I felt when it happened, and I knew that it was something that he was still hanging on to. And so I let him speak first, and um, and he told me about his disappointment. And I said, you know, I hear you. And in a relationship, um, we had both discussed how we had not had our needs met in past relationships. And I said, you know, I had a need for sleep, and you were not really honoring that. And in order for us to have a healthy relationship, we both have to honor each other's needs. And is that something you feel you can do? Um so that it was a conversation that was pretty easy to have, but he never really got it. <laughs> he um, okay. it came up in after our breakup when he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. After our breakup, he brought it up again because um, I he also used the word disappointed, and I that's a trigger word for me. Um, okay. Because when so I said when you said you were disappointed, I said it sounded like a judgment to me that I didn't do what you wanted. So you had disappointment, and I said it just that didn't feel good. So later, when we broke up, he said, "Well, I asked my friends, and they all agreed that <laughs> that disappointment is not about judgment, and you're wrong." Mm-hmm. Um, which was like, "Oh, I'm really glad I'm breaking up with you because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like a two-year-old, and he's a psychologist." So, um, all right. So this is what I did. So, do you have any other tips about um, how to approach your partner about their baggage? I love that question of how do you handle disappointment? So when Mm -hmm. someone says, I'm disappointed in the choice that you made or that, you know, you did not choose to honor me or or go along with what I'm saying, the ability for you to take a step back and just say, well, I appreciate you sharing. How do you handle disappointment? How how do you Mm -hmm. process through disappointment? So you're asking them for their process which, again, you'll probably get the deer in the headlights um, (laughs) from them, but that actually gives them the idea of, oh, there's a process. There should Mm -hmm. be a process to deal with disappointment. Um, That's a great (laughs) learning opportunity that you're giving them, and that's what's important to me is to see do they take advantage of that learning opportunity, and they say, I don't know. I've never thought about that question. Let me take some time, think about it. I'll come back and let you know. That's that's letting them know that's work they need to do, and I want to see if they're going to choose to do that work. Mm. Yeah, I think this is it's a great way to turn it around and also let them know your standards in terms of processing and and maturity and who you are and what your expectations are of a partner. And I think right. you know when when we're getting to know a potential partner, we see them through through these challenges and see how they how they stand up to them or fall apart and i think that each one is is evidence of what their character is like deep down and who they exactly. are as a person yeah um so let's say you know your partner is willing to work on baggage um how can you support that your partner and um and work together to heal um if you're in a relationship right now? 
I like to have folks be able to share with each other, I know this is my weakness. I know this is my trigger. I know this is something that, that when it comes about, I, like, immediately go to a negative place or immediately defend or, you know, so I know what my weakness is. I know what my unhealthy response is. And then here's my plan that I'm working on to deal with it, and this is how you can be helpful to me. So that's a four-step process, knowing what it is that is our baggage, recognizing how it manifests, how it comes out, saying what our plan is to deal with it, and then being able to give the other person, this is how you can support me in the plan that I'm working that is so clear and mature and wonderful. I love that. Um, my very first relationship after my divorce, um, I said to the guy I was dating, how might you sabotage this relationship? <laughs> and, That's a great and he question. Me. I love it. Well, he thought I was crazy, but I was like, he goes, what do you mean? I, 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 I like you. I said, yeah, but, you know, we all do things in relationships um, that can sometimes sabotage. So I would love to know what yours is, and I'll share mine. Um, and it did lead to a really great conversation. So there's lots of ways to just put the stuff out on the table. I mean, in coaching, we call it designing the alliance. And, um, you know, it's like, here's who I am, and here's what you can expect from me, and what can I do to help you? And, boy, when when people can talk this way, it's just it's just amazing um you you have honest relationships which is what we all really yearn for in the end um well this has been an amazing discussion judy lair and i really really appreciate just the practical steps you've taken us through the questions to ask um and i'm sure you have so much more to offer so can you tell our audience how they can find you and um i know you have a free giveaway too i do sandy yes I really am about helping people create a life they love, and especially for leadership opportunities, when you create a life that you love, then you inspire other people to follow your lead. So folks can get information on that, including some free MP3s that give a visualization of how do you lead differently at my website, judylaircoach.com, J-U-D-Y. L-A-I-R coach.com and at the bottom there's Viewpoint Leadership MP3s. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you again for sharing all this great information, Judy, and um, I hope people take advantage of these free, these free MP3s and learn the skills of leadership which really help you become better at life. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Sandy. Thank you, and thanks, everybody, for listening in today, and I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. 